world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's a very special one here on the program. Joined by friend of the program, and Trailblazers fan, and also professional NBA draft scout, the host of Locked on NBA Big Board, and the uh, editor and writer of the uh, NBA Big Board newsletter, Raphael Barlow. Raph, what's up, man? How you doing? Nothing much, man. How how are how are you doing? That's that should be the question. How are you doing with this difficult yeah. season? I listened to the podcast after the the OKC loss, and uh, <laughs> I said, man. <laughs> You got to have a lot of energy to to come on five days a week with what's going on right now in Portland. Yeah, it's been, you know, I actually, before this season, I talked to Kuki Heel, uh, the host of Locked On Pistons. And I said, hey, man, how do you how do you do it for like a bad team? Like, how do you like get in? He was like, yeah, I can really wear on you, you know, and like you just got to stay positive. And this was when the I talked to him when the Pistons were two and one. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> they've won one game since we talked that was like two and a half months ago so you know i was i was trying to pick people's brains because i knew it was going to be kind of a long haul but i'm doing great like i the blazers are um they're kind of they're a bummer a little bit but they're a bummer with i think on the way out of of you know that of whatever this is and i think part of that is because they have draft picks right they're gonna have their own draft pick they're likely to have the a draft pick of the warriors and the warriors stink so um that that could be really beneficial. So I, I feel like I have some positivity despite um, kind of slogging through a lot of bad basketball recently. Where are you at with the Blazers? Like you're, you're watching them. What what have you thought of them? Man, it's it, it's tough. It, it's really tough to watch. I mean, like you you look at the draft. At least for me, someone that covers the draft and just pays attention to it all day. I think there's going to be it's going to be difficult for a lot of the rookies in this class to actually crack a rotation. I mean, you see 2023 was considered a strong class and we have several lottery picks that have already spent time in the G league. And right. I think with 2024 it's, it's going to be the same thing even more. And I, I look at like the blazers, for example, if the roster is constructed as is today, like where does a rookie come in and get immediate minutes at? Like it's it's tough. So, I mean, the Blaze already have a lot of young guys on their team that need exactly. to be developed, and so yeah, I just wonder like where where can a rookie come in and and get minutes if they draft someone at the four? Is he is he better than Kamara? Is he is he better than Jabari Walker right away, or do you give him those minutes because he was a high draft pick? So, I think it's. I think 2025 would be a better year to have two potential lottery picks, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Well, when, when people say this is a bad draft or not a well-regarded draft, what does that mean to you? Like, what, what does that, what, what does that mean? I don't think that there is a franchise changer in this draft. And so, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, the same thing was said about 2013. I was going to say 2013 is the classic one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You end up getting Giannis. You, you got Gobert. CJ was in that draft. So um, this could be like that. I just think it could be a difficult draft. If you, you could have the first, second or third pick, but the best player could be 
someone selected outside of the lottery. So right. there's a lot of concerns with even the guys that are projected to go really, really high. Have you seen, it seems like at least you're a big board reading your newsletter as I do. I'm a sub, I'm a sub paid subscriber to the thank NBA you, big board you. newsletter and you should, and you all should be too. Uh, but uh, it seems like your big board has shifted a bunch. Like how has that, how is the consensus on top guys shifting more so this year than it has in the past? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was a real consensus in the beginning anyway. Sure. I mean, you look at the the guy, the two guys that I think a lot of people thought were going to go one and two are Ron Holland and Maras Bozellas who are playing for the Ignite. Well, the Ignite, I mean, they're like 0 and 9 or 0 and 10 since the G League showcase. And it's like, how do you take two guys that were on a, a winless team in the top five, in a sense? And then you look at the G League. And it's to me, the G League is tough to evaluate because there's really no pressure to win. So right. the, the Ignite is they are not prioritizing winning at all. They, they yeah. Really so how do you know if a guy is good in a pressured environment? How do you know if he is getting, you know, stats when when they're down by 20? And so I think that's I think that's tough. I mean, even with Scoot, in a sense, he's not as along that a lot of people thought he would be you know right. just what 15 months ago he was can't miss and and he was you know well considered... i mean i i read some draft experts who had him third ranked third the whole time i'm i'm familiar with at least one of them that had him th ranked third the whole time so uh, uh I, I, know, I, I everyone... the whole time but I, I think i was early in putting him third Right, because right, right, right. there was no way I would have had him third after the you know the showcase game that he had when Wimbayama when they both scored like thirty something points. So yeah, I mean this this draft is is it's going to be tough. I mean I've I've heard like different agents say they they feel sorry for the team that has you know that's picking early because the guy that you really like could be between seven and and, and fifteen. But do you trade back or or what? So it's it's going to be interesting. But for me, it's it's actually a fun class because there isn't a, a consensus. Let's, let's talk about some of your guys at the top of the list. I mean, the Blazers right now would have, if, if it ended today, just like the way the lottery shakes out, they'd be fifth right now. Mm -hmm. um, and they would potentially have golden States pick at 10. Although golden State's going to make some trades. They're going to end up somewhere else. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say not, not 10th. They're going to end up like worse or they're going to end up, you know, maybe they sneak into the playoffs or what it is, but let's um let's in the second segment, let's talk about some of your guys at the top of the draft board and what you like about them. And uh, I know you're a fit guy, so we can talk fit with the trailblazers as we, as we move along as well. That's what we'll do in the second segment. Join us there. Won't you? Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you'll always just find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber baby not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers all right still chatting here with Raphael barlow the host of locked on nba big board and the writer and owner of the nba big board newsletter uh 
I got you. I got your your uh, I got your latest your latest big board right here. Your big board 2.0 that came into my inbox on January 13th. Published on a Saturday. Brave to get it done on a Saturday. Uh, you've got a name at the top, Alex Sar, that people love. What do you like about Alex Sar? I think he's maybe in Blazerland the most exciting prospect. What have you liked about him so far? So what I like about Sar. And I'll be honest, I've always liked his talent and his physical tools. 7-1, 7-5 wingspan, moves like a wing, can put the ball on the floor. Very, very skilled. But I've always been skeptical of him because his production didn't always live up to the talent. And I sure. wrote about that back in August. I had him at number 30 on my big board because he's, he came off a under-19s where he only averaged seven points per game. So how often do you see a guy that averages seven points per game as the projected number one pick? And maybe it was just a, a change of scenery because he played it overtime last year, overtime elite. He was good, but he wasn't dominant by, by any means. I mean, you have to be like a really diehard basketball fan to even know that's where he played last year. He goes to Australia and just has a, a dominant two games against the G League Ignite, right. which now you, you think about it, the way the Ignite are struggling, now you you kind of have to wonder, like... <laughs> right. Know, At the like, time, it was like, wow, he busted Ron Holland's ass. But now it's like, oh, yeah. I've, I've every, seen every, that. Everybody's I've, doing it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of folks do that. Exactly. So the intrigue with him is just his defensive upside and his skill set. I mean, like I said, seven once with seven five wingspan. He's athletic. He has, and a Blazers fan would appreciate this, and I posted it in the video that I made on NBA Big Board 2.0. He's got that LaMarcus Aldridge turnaround jumper with the go. high release that is unblockable with a with his crazy wingspan. So I think that if he puts it all together, you have you know a, a very versatile, switchy defender that can protect the rim, that can score in the post and knock down open shots and attack closeouts. So... The talent is there, and I have him number one. I don't think, I don't think there's anyone close to him at, at number two. But the concerns I do have is, is that he's never really dominated his peers in his age group, and even right now he's coming off the bench and he's playing on a winning team in Australia. His his accounting stats won't blow you away. It's about like nine points per game. He's shooting below thirty percent from three. But it's, it's more so about what he can do in the overall physical tools and, and, and talent. But he's extremely talented. Yeah, you're, you're banking on you're banking on what he becomes less the production that we've seen right now. I, yep. I think that's 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 fair. Um, the next guy on your board, you were the first one I ever read about him, right? Like I I I, I subscribe to the newsletter and I say like, oh, I don't know who Nikola Topic is. Like I don't know who Nikola Topic is. Big six seven point guardy type who's who's played really well as a teenager in in Europe. Um, yep. He's probably not a fit for the Blazers from my mind. But what if why is he number two on your board right now? Just because there's so much uncertainty in this class and he's trending in the right direction. I saw him play about two years ago, and I, I liked what he did. And I thought, okay, this is a guy to remember. But more so as like a potential college prospect. There's okay. no way I saw. First round NBA, not even lottery or top 10. But then I would say around late spring last year, he just had some crazy dominant performances against his age group, like 30 points per game, 40 points per game. The kind of 
production that I always wanted to see out of Saar and even his teammate, Zachary Reese, that we'll probably talk about uh, coming up. So yep. he, he dominated his age group, big point guard, 6'7". I'd say if there was an NBA comparison, I don't like just doing like generic comparisons, but he's like a bigger Goran Dragic where he's just okay. aggressive. He's getting downhill. He makes the right reads. And he's a a really good finisher. Made like 68% of his shots at the rim before he transferred to a EuroLeague team. He's not going to blow you away with like crazy bounce or athleticism, but he's fast and he's crafty and he's a big guard and he can make all the right reads. So I, I think with this uncertainty in this draft, I, I think that, you know, he's he's a guy that could be as high as number two. He's he's out now with, with some injuries, so we'll see how much that impacts his draft stock. But I mean, he's just had a phenomenal year. Okay, you mentioned him. I'm I'm excited about this next guy. Topic to me is like, if the Blazers if the Blazers' problem wasn't like too many dudes who need to dribble to get set up, it's like with Simons and with Scoot and even with or with uh with Shaden Sharp, it seems like he's better when he's in off on ball attacking stuff than off ball stuff. Then I would probably be more excited about Topic because I like that style of like big crafty point guards. That's like I'm a Sean Living I'm a I'm a post injury Sean Livingston uh, fan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like once once Livingston wasn't as athletic when he was just all craft, but he was gigantic, super fun, but. This next guy on your list, Zachary Rissachet, you've seen him a couple times in France. You've gone and, and seen, watched him live. Um, he intrigues me as a player who maybe doesn't have the highest upside, but seems to be pretty plug and play in terms of skill set for the Blazers. If they, if, you know, what does he bring to the table? And am I, am I right to say that he seems maybe more plug and play than some of some of the other folks on this list? Yeah, I think he's plug and play. The comparisons that I've heard are like, you know, current... Michael Porter Jr. Not like the Michael okay. Porter Jr. that was super highly touted coming out of high school, but more so like your your big wing that plays the four, that knocks down open shots, that may be able to t- attack on straight line drives and that can defend. But then I've also heard him being compared to Batum because okay. he can pass a little bit. I don't I don't know if he's like point forward Batumish, but he does have some you know, he, he does have the ability to to make the right reads and, and serve at, as a ball mover at the minimum. I'm concerned about him because he's, uh, he's another guy that averaged like seven points per game at the under-19s. He is He's always been a tease to me. The first time I saw him play, I was blown away. I mean, it was like 2021, and uh, I actually went to watch him play because he played the game before Victor, like in Victor Mbiyama in France. They yeah. have like that. Espoir's league it's literally like jv and varsity and oh, so i cool. went to like the quote-unquote jv game to watch him play and i just i did a podcast on him immediately after that game it was like this is a name you got to remember it was blown away and then after that i kind of soured on him because he didn't have strong performances he had a game this summer against spain where he had like zero points or two points he had another championship game i saw in a tournament where he didn't play the championship game so i was always a little. I recently I have been hesitant about just his his ability to maximize his potential, and I was so confused about him that I went to watch him play twice this year, and the performances weren't great. But he's bigger than I thought. I think he's a legit six ten now NBA body, good athlete on straight line drives. I think he is a a plug and play guy, especially if he's shooting, continues to shoot the way he's shooting, shooting over forty seven percent from three. 
but I have some hesitancy to take a guy that high that really struggles creating his own shot. Right, right. Like he's Tur- not a shot creator. And I'm the type of person, at least my philosophy is if I'm taking a guy top five, I want a guy that I feel comfortable giving him the ball at the end of the shot clock and saying, hey, go get me one. Like, like I feel that way about Shaden. I feel like Shaden is going to be able to get his own shot when he wants to. He has some creativity. Obviously, Scoot has creativity, but Risa Shea is a guy that just lacks offensive creativity, in my opinion. But he's he's still only 18 years old. Yeah, it's it's tough to use a top three pick on someone who's going to like max out as like a really good fourth option. Like, oh, this dude, if you know, like uh, even even if you were to if it was it was MPJ, like even if it's Michael Porter, like if Michael Porter was your second best player, you're a bad basketball team. But if he's the fourth best player, like he is on the Nuggets, you're the freaking champs, right? Like yeah. it's he's he's really valuable as a role player, but it's like, can he scale up? And I think with shooters and particularly like stationary shooters, guys who aren't like crazy movement shooters, and even if you're a crazy movement shooter, if you can't like put it on the ground, create for yourself and others, there is there is some concern with 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 that high of a pick. I, I'm I I I definitely agree with that philosophy in terms of like. Hey, can we, is this a bailout, dude? If like if, if it's winding down, can we throw it to him? And if it's not, it's like Nick Batum's played 15 years in the league. But yeah. uh, if you had drafted Nick Batum third overall, or if you would given him a giant hundred million dollar contract like the Hornets and asked him to be your second best player, you might be a little frustrated. When he's been a role player, he's been really good. Um, it's just like when do you invest in role players? I think that's that is kind of the um, that might be the hard part of this draft, right? If if everybody at the in that sort of two through 17 range is like hey this could be a pretty good role player for us if he hits his highest ceilings right like this is Rashard Lewis he makes one all-star all-star team he plays 13 years in the league um yep. it's it's hard to know okay I, I want to ask you about a couple other guys and I'm gonna go see the ignite this weekend they're they're in Portland for a couple games so I want to ask I want to ask about who should I watch other than my man, Matis Buzelis. We'll talk Matis, Ron Holland, and others to close the show. Join us in that third segment, won't you? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Uh, Therapy can be great to deal through uh, trauma in your life. If you're experiencing a specific and acute trauma, uh, talking to a therapist can be incredibly helpful for you to navigate through that. But it can also just be wonderful routine maintenance. Uh, Get the tools you need to be your best self or get the tools you need to practice towards becoming your best self. Uh, if you're already working towards that, why not celebrate the progress you've already made and then visit betterhelp.com slash NBA. You get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still chatting here with Raphael Barlow, host of Locked On NBA. Big board. Okay. This weekend, um, January 22nd, I'm going to be there at the Child Center in beautiful North Portland. Assuming that the roads are not frozen and I can leave my home safely. It's very close to my house. I'll get there one way or another. Uh, I'm going to see the G League Ignite, which means I'm going to get to see Matches Buzelis, who at one point was like a top two pick on a lot of boards. You have him at four. Um, what can I expect to see when I see Buzelis get get on the court in uh, in Portland this weekend? 
if I if I knew, <laughs> I, I tell you, yeah, that that's kind of the issue. You you may not know what to expect. When I I did my video breakdowns of all the players in my Big Board 2.0, just the lottery. When I yep. watched their film, and if you just focus on what they do well and like the makes and the potential, I, I think he could be the best because he's six ten, six eleven. Can, can handle the ball. He was a good shooter on the prep level, but he's really struggling from three this year. It's it's in the twenties. Last time I looked, but he can handle the ball. He's fluid. He moves like someone six four, six five, but he's six eleven. There is potential to be. He has the physical tools, I should say, to be a switchy defender due to his size and athleticism and mobility. Was a good weak side shot blocker can shoot over the top of guys. I mean, he is extremely, extremely skilled. The problem is he's not really physical. There are a lot of moments where you you wonder, is, is he on the court? He's not like Ron Holland, for example, his teammate, who's not as skilled, but Ron, you always know Ron is on the floor because he's going to make some type of hustle, energy, athletic play, and has just that – I mean, it's it's a overly used phrase, but it just has that dog and that assertiveness to where he's going to make something happen, even if he's having a bad game. He's going to get up ten shots. He's going to get to you know. So with, with Maras, I think it's a, a difficult eval because he's so skilled, he's so talented, but he he needs to get stronger. He kind of struggles with physicality, but then you see him make a play that very few guys in the world can make at his size, where he'll dribble and stop on a dime and do a behind the back dribble and and shoot over the top of a guy. I mean, he had a, a play where he drove past the guy and and dunked on him on the move. I mean, he's just extremely skilled. He's the guy that if I would if everybody maximized their potential and I I think it would be between him and Sar would would be the two best players in this class. Your concern, though, at four is that he just doesn't hit that. It's just too many. There's too many roadblocks between there, there and here, or just just too much uncertainty. Yeah, just more so from the physicality standpoint. Does he have sure. the mindset to want to like dominate? Because I think the skill set is is there. Like he can't create his own shot, but yeah, it's just a matter of of the mindset. Like, does he want to maximize his potential? Does he have it in him to to, to be the best player? on a team or second best player. Fair enough. Uh, what Holland, cause I'm going to see him this weekend. It, you know, at one point he was considered the top pick in the draft class. Um, why has he slipped so far? Like, why is he, you know, I see him at nine. You're, you have him at nine. I've seen him in the teens. Yeah. Like, why is he, why is he falling so far on draft boards? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with him. I live in Dallas and um, he's from the Dallas area. So I've had a chance to see him a lot over the years. I think number one, he was originally listed at six eight. He's not six eight. He's probably going to measure out at six six at the combine. So he's more so of a wing. He sure. always played like the four in, in high school. So he was dominant on the high school level because he has the best motor that I've seen on a prospect in a while. Like he has role player non skill motor. You know that guy that yeah. just has one thing that he does is play hard. Ron has that, but he does have skill. The question is, what is his best position? He's not a good shooter at this point, but he's only 18 years old. He's one of the younger players in this draft. He's not a really good shooter. Doesn't have great feel. He had a game earlier this year where he had 11 turnovers. 
So his he's not that's <laughs> that that's I've never seen that before in a game. He's I mean it's come down, but he's still around a little under four, maybe around three, three and a half turnovers per game. He is very fast, he's athletic, but it's just like he doesn't really have great feel for the game. And he's scoring. I mean, you have to factor in he's averaging about 17 and a half points per game as an 18-year-old in the G League. My concern is that everything is kind of set up for him to score. Like the sure. the ignite would look awful if he's not, you know, if his draft stock falls. So I mean, he's in position to score and he has a lot of freedom. And I wonder, like, with the scaled down role, how will he look? Because right now he's he's like I said, he's not a good shooter. So you can't put him in your like three and D role. And he's not a creative score off the dribble. It's more so just straight line, one speed, get to the rim, pick up some charges. So I'm I'm not as, as high on him because I think there's some concerns about his overall feel and decision making and outside shooting. Will the ignite change their approach? You know, they were supposed to have they were supposed to have six first round picks or whatever on the team and maybe ten guys that get drafted this year. And you know, I I think like They've had some success stories. I think Kaminga and Scooter success stories, right? If you go this high and yada, yada, yada. Kaminga is taking a little while to get going, but he's, he's 21. I think he's going to get paid. Um, and that's that's a success in the league. And is are they going to are they going to rethink how they do this? You know, it, it really depends on how you view it, because you can say Kaminga and Scooter are success stories, but you can also say if they did they're supposed to be more prepared than your rookies. Right, right. And so they haven't been. Like you say, Kaminga's come along slow, which I think was expected because he didn't play like a lot of high-level high school basketball. And he goes to a situation with the Warriors where he's not like given the opportunity to make a lot of mistakes. So I think with that, it's is, is expected. I think for Scoot, it wasn't expected because he he's did supposed to be two supposed years. to be two, two years of pro basketball. He was supposed to be more polished. The Blazers started him on day one. They thought he was going to be better than he's been for sure, and he has not. He has he struggled. Yeah, so I think that that kind of hurts. And then this year they just overloaded with guys, and they don't really have a lot of veterans on the team. And and I mean, you it's it's tough. I mean, it's tough to compete in the G League when you have six guys that are like 19 and 20 and, and some are 18 year, year old. I mean, I can't confirm it. I've heard some people say that it may not, the program may not last long just because they're paying those guys a lot of money. They're yep. playing in front of like 12 people. And so it's like, oh, they're going to get small hundreds in Portland, baby, small hundreds. We're talking <laughs> three, three or 400 people in the gym. I mean, that's more than what they're getting in Vegas. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Las Vegas. <laughs> so there's yeah. a lot to do there. So I I've heard, I mean, this is just what some agents that I've talked to have speculated that um, it's just going to be tough, but then there's some that feel like the main purpose of the ignite is not necessarily to develop guys. It's to give NBA teams the absolute best Intel on the players because Everybody that works for the Ignite wants to work in the NBA. So you're going to get the best and most accurate intel, which is going to save teams possibly millions of dollars if they draft a guy that, you know, has questionable intel. Because what I've heard is, you know, a college coach will lie. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah he's yeah. great. <laughs> he came to practice every day. And because, you know, obviously they want like, you know, that is a recruiting pitch for the alumni or whatever. So 
like I said, I, I've heard different perspectives, but then I've also heard people say, if you look at their track record over the last four years, they've had the most lottery picks. Yeah, they produce. I was gonna say they produce pros. No doubt yeah. about it, they produce pros, and that's you know they they get guys paid and and to some extent um shout out to duke basketball like that's all that matters like you can win a bunch of summer uh summer recruiting championships you don't need to hang any banners you just send guys to the pros that's a tar heel yeah. hate that's real true real deal tar heel hate coming <laughs> yeah it, but like i said it's tough because there's some people that say well yeah other than dyson daniels who has went to the ignite and their draft stock improved you know you sure. can say jalen's has jalen a little same. bit yeah Kamingas and then you know Jalen's having his his issues right now and in Houston he's not playing well as as many people thought so I mean it's on one half there's people that say look at the number of guys they produce that have been first round picks on the other half you know you have the people that say well um, Jaden Hardy's draft stock plummeted when he went to the Ignite he was supposed to right. be a top five pick Michael Foster was considered in the same range as Paolo Bencaro and Chet Holmgren he his draft stock plummeted and then you know the the situation with scoot even though it's very very early if, if you're a non-believer this could be something that you can say hey he did two years he's supposed to be more ready than you know a, a Keontae george who was in his draft right. class and so it's it's going to be interesting but I, I can't see a situation where they bring like six guys in next year because they already have two that are supposed to come back so i just wonder how it impacts their 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 recruiting going forward yeah, it'll be it'll be curious. I, I'm they play twice this weekend, so I'm I'm excited to get them an up close look. Do my own little amateur scouting. I'm no Raphael Barlow, but I'm I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm a subscriber to the newsletter, so I believe hey, you, in myself. You know oh. your stuff, man. I I listen to the podcast. You know your stuff okay. and your history. Like the 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 Blazer history was was impressive. Hey, well, if if nothing else, I'm a pretty good researcher. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, the boys have a couple picks. We we kind of got we we, st we stuck at the top of the draft. I'd love to have you on soon, and we can talk sort of that mid lottery stuff, particularly as we kind of, it, you know, if the Warriors plummet, you're just going to be a co-host on the on the podcast. We're just going to do. We're going to be if the Blazers have two top ten picks, we're just we're going to bring you back every week and make you uh, <laughs> make you a permanent feature because it's going to a lot. Of, we're going to have a lot of draft stuff to get excited about the second half of the season. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to the NBA Big Board newsletter and check out Raphael on the locked on nba big board wherever you get podcasts it's also on youtube you can't see it now but he's got a great looking background you know if you want to if you want to appreciate a beautiful looking studio check out the uh check out the youtube channel <laughs> i don't like it anymore <laughs> uh-oh it's okay well then get in while get in while you can because it's going away soon uh rafael thanks so much it's always a treat no problem anytime anytime and especially uh this year with possibly two picks if you need me to come on once a week like you said we, we can make it happen all right. Well, uh, check your phone because I'm going to be uh, hitting you up to <laughs> hitting you up Sounds more than good. you want. Dear listeners, come back for tomorrow's program. Blazers play the Nets in Portland uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. We will recap that game on uh, and that one will be a fun one because, hey, last win against the Brooklyn Nets. Maybe they bounce back and make it two straight against the Nets. Uh, later this week, crossover episode with the host of Lockdown Knicks talking potential trade candidates in New York. That's what we do. We have a whole bunch of fun five days a week wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.